This is Martin Stewart with Nature Sound. Visit us on our website at www.naturesound.org and find that bird or animal sound you are looking for. Today we are taking you to Queensland, Australia, to a rainforest. We are at the Chambers Wildlife Area at Lake Eacham in the Atherton Tablelands. I am going to introduce you to the Paddy Melon. No, it's not an Irish fruit, but a small forest kangaroo. Paddy melons browse on the grass in rainforest clearings, usually in groups. Paddy melons are mainly nocturnal, so it's a delight to be able to witness these amazing animals in an open area close to one of the main lodges that John Chambers provides. Why are animals nocturnal? Well, why not? We as mammals mainly function by day because, as top predators, we have very little to hide from. But most Australian mammals are potential meals for something else. So it's to their advantage that mammals like paddy melons function under the cover of darkness when many predator birds and reptiles are asleep. Here is John Chambers to set the scene under the rainforest canopy well into the rainy season. These are red-legged paddy melons. They're the rainforest version of a kangaroo. And they eat mainly fruit and berries and leaves and the bark of trees. And anything that falls out of the trees of a night time belongs to them. Anything that falls out during daylight hours belongs to the brush turkeys. Now when they're feeding, they always feed the same distance apart. And they're always under the control of one dominant paddy melon or one boss paddy melon. And that paddy melon controls the feeding area and sets the feeding distance. Now if they want to change the feeding distance, they've got to negotiate with that dominant paddy melon. And when they do, they first of all get a stare, which says that's far enough. If they don't obey that, they get the slight hissing and growling. If they don't obey that, they then get the loud hissing and growling, and then they're chased right off the feeding area. But once that feeding distance is set, it's up to everybody in the hierarchy to reinforce that feeding distance on everybody below them in the hierarchy. Now, during daylight hours, these animals are about 30 to 50 metres apart, and the outer perimeter guards sit down with their tail between their legs, and as they fall off to sleep, their head goes down on their tail, and that acts as a sounding rod. And you come within 20 metres of them, and they'll wake up and they make a thumping noise as they move off, and that's to alert the rest of the family. So sometimes when you're going around the perimeter walking paths in the morning, you'll hear that thump, 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 and you'll, but you won't see anything. That's just the perimeter guards letting the family know that you're going by. And after you go by, they'll all settle down again and then go back to sleep. Now, these are red-legged paddy melons, and further south you have red-shouldered paddy melons, and in Tasmania you have red-bellied paddy melons, but they're all rainforest kangaroos. They say in captivity that they live between 9 and 11 years, but they're hunted by animals like rainforest dingoes and amethyst pythons up to about 5 metres long, hunt this family three times a year, hawks and owls and eagles, feral dogs and feral cats, and carnivorous marsupials like spotted quolls will hunt this family. So it's really important that they maintain security at all times. Now, nothing that happens out here is accidental. Everything that happens is totally planned and they mean it to happen. For the last hour, they've set security around this feeding area. They've set a guard on every entranceway into the feeding area. And they've set a guard on each one of the accommodation lodges. 
And if anything moves in those areas, those guards will thump their heels down to let the family know that there's a problem. Now, mating takes place when the male travels behind the female and makes a sucking noise. There's that sound. If the female's not interested, she can turn around and growl at the male, no matter how high the male is in the hierarchy. So being the boss doesn't guarantee mating rights. It may increase their chances, but doesn't guarantee anything. And once mating's taken place, the gestation period's about 28 to 32 days. But that can be increased up to 252 days if conditions are hard, which is a very good survival technique. When the baby's born, it's only about the size of a jelly bean. It comes out of the mother, goes across the mother's stomach and down into the pouch and attaches to one of the two nipples in the pouch. And the nipple actually expands into the baby's mouth and its throat and it locks in. So the baby just, for the first three months, it just bounces around in the pouch. You don't see the baby. Uh, it gains uh, size and hearing and eyesight. It gets hair on its body. Its ears get upright. The third, fourth and fifth month, the baby's sticking its head out of the pouch. Uh, uh, it's still a milk drinker, it doesn't eat solid food, but you get to see what the, the, the uh, but it gets to see what the mother is eating, so it's a good learning situation, as I said. Sometime during the sixth month, the baby comes out of the pouch and starts eating solid food. And when it does, the mother will seal the pouch and won't allow the baby back in again. Now it can stick its head in and drink milk, but it can't get back in for the next two months. And then after that, the baby's weaned off and has to become an independent member of the family. The family's roughly 50-50 male-female. The boss is usually a male, but not always a male. And if they can't establish security for 70 to 100 metres around this feeding area, there'll be no paddy melons at this viewing, no matter how much food you put out. And also, if uh, any of the guests that are watching the paddy melons has an adrenaline flow or is emotionally upset or in pain, there'll be no paddy melons at the viewing either. Now, the, uh, uh, if you see a program anywhere in the world and they mention red leg paddy melons, there's a, a very good chance or a very high chance that that uh, movie or show was made here on this land. That over the last uh, uh, 30 odd years we've had 45 different movies and shows made here. And that includes Walt Disney Productions, the World Around Us programs, all the Australian networks, Many American film crews, Japanese, Taiwanese, French, Italian, Spanish, English, uh, Danish, Brazilian, have all made programs here. There's even been programs on the Northern Territory and Western Australia that have had our paddy melons in them, and they're not even in those areas. So that'll give you some idea about red-legged paddy melons. So do they, they stay with their families, or they don't wander uh, into They stay with the family group, yes. And is this an average size family? They say between 8 and 16 is a, a normal family for paddy melons. So are they are they competitive with other paddy melons or whatever, um, families? Like if, well, if, they have territories and, so not and a, they maintain their own territories and so on. So this family, the ones that you're feeding would be the same family every night that comes here? or? Uh, yes. Uh, well... Altogether, there are two families on the land, and there's about 28 paddy melons that visit our property. Uh, but they also have to establish a security perimeter around this area. The only reason why we use this area here as the viewing area, and why we built the buildings in this spot so that you can view the paddy melons, is because this is a common area between the two families. 
and even though the dominant males from the other family can't come over to this viewing, the younger females and younger males can. They're fantastic. There's a, if you have a look down, the one in the middle, Yeah. that mum's got a baby in the pouch. I was looking at that yeah. and I was trying to see if she yeah. did. Yeah, there's a... So John, the sensory ones, do they get coming in through? It's not important because this is only 10% of their diet. They get 90% of their diet out of the rainforest and the family won't jeopardise the security of the, the family for 10% of, of one night's, you know, 10% of one day's feeding. So there is actual ones out that we can't see? There are guards out to your right with their eyes in night sight. There are guards down in front of you with their eyes in night sight. There are guards over to the left with their eyes in night sight. My and God. as I was saying before, if anything moves in those areas, those guards will give the alarm. Now it's up to the hierarchy here to decide how to react to that alarm. So now after you finish feeding them, will they stay here for a while or do they just well, quickly go? We give them 10% of their diet here, but they're basically here because this is the only grassed area in their territory. And there are some new shoots and that, so they like to come here. When we came here 34 years ago, the paddy mullins were coming to this area to graze of a night time. Right. And this is the time they come, so this is the time that we do the viewing. And giving them 10% of their diet is a little bit like social welfare. Yeah. It, it, it helps them. Yeah. It helps them through the year. Uh, if we give them too much, it'll actually stop them from... Um, uh, it'll break down the family structure. Because uh, and they depend on that family so structure you, for their been, security, for their uh, diversity sure. of food and so on. So yeah. you've been doing this for the thirty odd years. I, I've been viewing these for about thirty four years. The feeding yeah. of them. Uh, Twenty five years. Oh, We've geez. always given them a little bit of food. Yeah. What is it uh, that you're feeding them? Raw potato. Raw potato. Yeah. So now the, the dominant male one, I'm presuming, is this one here. He's just chasing them off now. Yes. Um, and yes. Oh, God, bully. But they weren't, no, not really, they weren't. He, first of all, gave them a stare, which said that was far enough. Then he gave them the slight hissing and growling. They didn't take any notice of that, so then he chased them off the feeding area. Now, will they be able to come back when he's calmed down? It's a little bit like the when you've got the... The young kid in church who starts prodding the lady in front the dad will first of all give him the stare which says don't do that and then when the kid keeps doing it the father will whisper to him don't do that but eventually you'll get to the point where the dad will You're pick the kid here. up by the scruff of the neck and take him outside of the church and uh, you know now uh, this this one here that's the dominant male all the rest have been bouncing around everywhere and he has pretty much stayed in the one spot the whole time is that yeah. normal? Well, as I said before, they uh, the distance they feed apart is set as the distance between the dominant male and the closest paddy melon to it. And once they set that distance, then all the paddy melons have to um, adjust to that distance that's been set. They have to reinforce it on everybody who's below them. You've got a young paddy melon over here that's still in training. Yeah. So, like a young kid, they're all pretty gentle with it and you know it may not obey all the rules but it does pretty well. To see Paddy Melons in Queensland it's worth visiting Chambers Lodges. 
You can find more information at www.rainforest-australia.com forward slash accommodation.htm You have been listening to a podcast from naturesound.org. Visit us on the web at www.naturesound.org or email me, Martin Stewart, at mstew at naturesound.org. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. This is Martin Stewart saying goodbye until next time. <laughs>